Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews Podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews, author interviews and book reviews. Well, I'm back again earlier than I'm supposed to be, so we don't have an author interview again today. It's just a short episode with some thoughts. And today I want to talk to you about Kindles. Do you need a Kindle? Should you have a Kindle? What are they like? What do we think? Obviously, not for me to tell you, but just, well, I just think it's quite interesting. Someone posted the question on the Facebook group about whether it's okay to mention the the Kindle word and which type of Kindle someone would recommend. It just got me thinking. And actually, I've made some changes already this year that have impacted on that. Okay, Philippa, set the scene. So the scene is this. I decided that 2024 is going to be different because it's fair to say I have made buying books an obsession. And it's there's been a huge difference for me in 2023 with the amount of books I have bought and the amount of books I have read. And it's got to the point where I fear for the structure of our house. I am concerned that any more books will just, floors are going to collapse and there are there are too many there are too many books that i haven't read yet so i came up with the idea that this year if at all possible my aim is to not buy any printed books if i want a book obviously i can i can buy it that's fine if i can afford it of course but i would buy it and listen to it as an audiobook i'm listening to lots more audiobooks at the moment or buy it as a kindle book so that was my thought. I then had the thought, oh, well, that's not very fair for bookshops because they're relying on me subsidising them by buying lots of books. So the thought I had with that is, OK, I'm going to stick to my printed book buying ban for me. But when I'm buying birthday presents and then Christmas presents, any present, gifts, whatever, I'm going to buy them from bookshops, whether they're books or jigsaw puzzles or other gifts. I'm going to support bookshops that way. So hopefully that will still be supportive of them. OK, Kindles. How long have I had a Kindle for? I've had one form of Kindle or another for a long time. And there are occasions when I've enjoyed reading a book on it. But I've got to be honest, 
up until recently, it wasn't my vibe. I wasn't enjoying it as much as I would like to. And I found I found a lot of the time that I just preferred a printed book. It could go in the bath. Well, not literally in the bath. You know what I mean. I could walk with it. it. I don't know. It just, I found myself more immersed in a printed book. But since I've sort of got my reading mojo back this year, I found I was able to read from my Kindle. And that was, that was great. That was going really well. And I had a Kindle Oasis. It was going really well until my Oasis, the battery life, you could almost see it just going down and down and down. I thought, goodness, I had a little investigation. Obviously, it's out of the warranty. Great, because I've had it for a few years now. And it's, I don't know, I could be wrong. I'm not saying all Oasis are like this, but my can, it, there seemed to be an issue with some people and their Kindle Oasis and you couldn't get a new one. So I thought, mm, something is up here. So there really seemed to be the choice between the very basic Kindle, the Paperwhite or this new Scribe. And I was having a look on social media about what people generally do. And it's fascinating, actually. So when I was looking, hang on, let me get my stats here. When I was looking for who looks, reads books on the Kindle app on their phone, 58% of people that responded, really high numbers of people that responded to this, 58% of people do read books on the app on their phone. And I guess that's a that's a really good way of reading it. It's accessible. Great. But for me, I have awful problems sleeping and I have to really be careful of how much time I'm on screens when it's getting to n- near my bedtime Really, I need two hours off my screen before I go to bed to have a a better night's sleep. I know that does impact me. So I couldn't read a book at night on my phone. And they do say that phones, the light is different in a phone to how it is on Kindles and other e-readers. But I think phones and iPads and some Kindle devices, the light shines through the screen directly at your eyes, something like that. Clearly, you can tell that I am not a technological person at all. But anyway, there is something to do with how the light shines through on those sort of devices that shines into your eyes and therefore triggers more in your brain than using a Kindle that is purely for book reading and other e-readers as well, like Kobo, where the light is shines in a different way, so your brain isn't sort of triggered in in that way. I'm not explaining it well, but basically, a real a, a true Kindle is much more Philippa happy than anon. <laughs> My goodness, this is the worst explanation in the history of the world. I can't sleep if I've been reading books on my phone, but I can if I've been reading them on my Kindle. There we go. That's it. So that's interesting that that people do that. And people just seem unaffected that they can sleep having read books on their phones. I don't know how you're doing. I admire your ability to sleep through that so much. And then I was looking at the different types of Kindles that people use. And again, I had lots and lots of responses to this, but 24% of people have like the basic Kindle. And those seem to be brilliant. They do a great job. You can read all your books on that, you know, just 
the more expensive they get doesn't necessarily mean it's right for you. So 24% of people have the, the bog standard basic Kindle, and that is working really well for them. 68% of people have a Kindle Paperwhite, which is interesting. So that's the step up from the basic Kindle. 5% of people have a Kindle Oasis, and 3% of people have the new Kindle Scribe. And this is where I've got to be honest. So I was watching some videos where people were comparing the different types of Kindle because I thought, well, my Kindle Oasis is basically dying. What do I do? Do I go for the basic? Do I go for a Paperwhite? And I had kind of discounted the Kindle Scribe, particularly because of the price. It is ridiculously expensive. But then on the video, what I saw is that instead of just having one page, you have like two pages on a screen. Basically, it's two columns. So it's like you've got the book open and you can read both pages. So not only are you turning, having to turn the page less, it's just a, an even more realistic reading experience. And then also with the scribe, you've got the pencil, so you can make a lot more sort of notes as you're reading and different things. And there are notes that you can do separately. It just... Well, I just thought, Philippa, try it. Order it. See what you think. I m managed to get a very good discount. I just And I was able to trade in my Oasis. I don't know how they accepted it, but Amazon were happy to have that. So I was able to get it at a much lower cost than you see. But still, I thought, well, order it and see what you think. It arrived uh, and I was hesitant. But oh, my goodness, I am in love with my Kindle Scribe. I think it's absolutely brilliant for me. As I say, I know it's a huge sum of money, but I did love it very much. And if you are looking to, you know, spend some money, it's worth having a look at it. I'm not saying it's for everyone at all. I mean, the price alone is ridiculous. But my goodness, I, yeah, I really liked it. But then I was saying to people, well, what do you think about a Kindle? What, what you know, do you use them? And as I say, other other types of e-readers are available. But these are different responses. Prefer to have a handheld book. But then love, love my Kindle. Haven't read a paper book in 13 years. Read so much more on my Kindle. Someone said, I mostly use e-readers. Great for travel and I travel for work. I like my Kindle e-books. Yes, but my library loans are not compatible. Therefore, I use my iPad mostly. Now, that is interesting. So, again, another thing from me, I use a website called NetGalley where you're able to request ARCs, advanced reader copies of books, and those can be sent to your Kindle. So I'm able to do a lot of reading of those sort of books on my Kindle, whereas from my library, a lot of the books that I can get as ebooks, I just, I don't think it's the great, we use our library's cloud library, and I just think it's a bit rubbish, to be honest. So I'm not wanting to read a lot of ebooks from the library, but if you are, then I think there are other readers. I was looking today at the Kobo e-readers, which seem sort of similar to the Kindles, but different in that if you want to have unlimited access to books 
Amazon do the Kindle Unlimited for a monthly fee. Kobo do that, but I think it's slightly more. But then their reading devices might be a bit cheaper. Pros and cons, highs and lows, advantages and disadvantages, you know, all all that sort of thing. Somebody said, I don't own many books, so it's the Kindle or the library for me. Someone said, I love my Kindle. I like how I can switch between Kindle and the app on my phone tablet. And I guess that's a good point. So I never even thought about that. So I could be reading a book on my Kindle. And like today I was sitting in the doctors and thought, well, I won't bring my Kindle with me. I'll just have my phone. But silly me, I could have got the Kindle app out on my phone then and carried on reading. Yes, good point. Good point. Someone said, "Okay for holiday, but no more. Proper books are best. And yeah, I do understand the the smell of a of a printed book. And also you don't want to drop your Kindle in the swimming pool. You know, let's be honest, they they can say they're water resistant, but can they be that water resistant? I don't know. Someone said, I read much quicker on my Kindle. I like the backlight and that's it's easy to fit in a handbag. Someone said, I'd literally rescue my Kindle from a burning building, be lost without it. Uh, someone said, good backup for holidays. Someone said, I like that I can make the print size right for my poor eyesight and the screen brighter too. And that's something for me as well, going to bed, I can go to sleep reading my Kindle and it will realise after a period of time, good grief, she's not turned the page, she's clearly gone to sleep, I'll turn myself off and power down. Whereas if I'm reading a book, obviously I've got to have the light on for that. So yeah, that's another pro for the Kindle. Um, Someone else said, most Kindles don't work with BorrowBox and other apps like that, it seems. I haven't bothered to get one, which is fair enough. Someone else said, absolutely adore mine, couldn't be without it. Someone said, good for bargains and also good for looking up words. like to use both, but still prefer a book. Yes, that's a good point because you can get some really good bargains onto the Kindle or e-books, whereas you can't so much on printed books. I don't know, you, but you want the authors to be compensated well enough from the book. So I would hope that they would. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Someone else said, I only have it to commute. It's a recent purchase. I was stubborn and said I didn't believe in them. (laughs) So yes, using it now. And someone else said, they're great for sticking in your handbag and for holidays when you can't take 10 books with you. Yes. Uh, yes. As as we know, I, I might have taken substantially more than 10 books with me on holidays. So maybe I could fit in more than one pair of shoes next time if I take my Kindle with me. I don't know. But yeah, that's I just find that really fascinating. So what is the conclusion to that? There is none at all. Just that I guess all the time we're constantly changing what we think and it depends on our circumstances. Right now I am really trying to read more books, e-books. Will that last? Who knows? It'll be interesting to see. But I want to tell you about three books I have recently read on my Kindle and books that I really enjoyed and want to tell you about. So these are three of my faves, recent faves, of books that I have read. And they are, let me give you the names. The first one is by Jane Bettany and it's called Murder at the Book Festival. That title alone. The next one by our much-loved Ellie Griffiths, a friend of the podcast, whose book latest book is called The Last Word. 
And then also Katie Brent, who was on fairly recently on the podcast, her latest book, The Murder After the Night Before. So the first one, Murder at the Book Festival by Jane Bettany. Let me tell you a little bit about this book. The small idyllic village of Merriwell is getting ready to host its first ever book festival and Violet Brewster is delighted when she is asked to interview the star author. Leonie Stanwyck, now a best-selling romance author, is the featured guest of the festival. She was born in Merriwell but abruptly left when she was 18 years old and never came back. But the festival takes a dark turn when Leonie is found murdered. Her return to the village has clearly shaken someone up. When a shocking secret about Leonie's past is revealed, Violet's suspicions must turn to her own neighbours. Who in the village was intent on making sure Leonie could never leave the village again? Now, this is, it turns out, part of a series and I haven't read any others. Oh, it's book two of the Violet Brewster Mysteries. And Jane is a proficient author and, and I'm ashamed to say I haven't read any of her other books. I loved this. Is it cosy crime? I don't know. I just think the word, the phrase cosy crime is a bit sort of dumbing down. It's not a complex book. And that sounds really bad to say that. It's a brilliant book. I loved it. So I'm not, I don't know what to say. It's not, it's not a horrific crime book. Do you know what I mean? It's not all blood and gore, but it's a whodunit and what's going to happen. It's tense. It's got twists. I was immediately transported. I loved it being set at a book festival. Absolutely loved it. And the sort of trepidation about interviewing an author. And, uh, really, really good. Definitely going to read more of Jane Bettany. As I say, loved the setting in a book festival. Just would highly, highly recommend. I thought it was, I've written cosy but not cringy. Great characters. Simple but wonderful. Highly, highly recommend. And yeah, I just thought that was very good indeed. So that was one that I've recently read on the Kindle and enjoyed. So now we come to The Last Word by Ellie Griffiths. And this is part of the Harbinger Call Mysteries, who we just love. And this book is out at the end of January. I'm not sure exactly when this episode of the podcast will go up, but this book is out on the 30th of January. So let me tell you a bit about this book. Natalka and Edwin are running a detective agency in Shoreham, Sussex. Despite a steady stream of minor cases, Natalka is frustrated, longing for a big, juicy investigation to come the agency's way. Then a murder case turns up. Local writer Melody Chambers is found dead and her family are convinced it is murder. Edwin, a big fan of the obit pages, thinks there's a link to the writer of Melody's obituary, who predeceased his subject. The trail leads them to a slightly sinister writer's retreat. When another writer is found dead, Edwin thinks that the clue lies in the words. Seeking professional help, the amateur investigators turn to their friend, Detective Harbinger Corps, to find that they have stumbled on a plot that is stranger than fiction. I love this book. I mean, you know how much I love Ellie Griffiths' writing, but I'm just looking for my notes on exactly what I said about this. Ah, oh, yes. I've written beautiful and lovely, great characters, great whodunit and why, just wonderful, cosy, not cosy, who cares, it's a great read. I <laughs> And that's it. I enjoyed every minute of it. I cared about the characters and I just love the style of writing. It's a, 
If you like Ellie Griffiths, you'll love it. And if you don't like Ellie Griffiths books, well, you just haven't read them yet. You will, you will, you will. So that is the Ellie Griffiths one. And then the last one we come on to is Katie Brent's latest book, The Murder After the Night Before. And uh, this is a fascinating book. I, again, I loved it. I was gripped. There was one thing at the ending that threw me a little bit, but I'm not going to reveal what that was, but I am going to tell you about this book. Of course, Katie previously wrote the book How to Kill Men and Get Away with It. And this one, as I say, is called The Murder After the Night Before. So this is what it's about. Something bad happened last night. I've woken up with a hangover from hell, a stranger in my bed, and I've gone viral for the worst reasons. But I can't remember a thing. My best friend Posey is dead. The police think it was a tragic accident. I know she was murdered. There's only one thing stopping me from dying of shame. I need to find a killer. As I say, I was thoroughly gripped. This was the first book that I read on the Kindle Scribe, actually. Oh, and I should just say, uh, most of the books, if you are on NetGalley and you get them sent through to the Kindle, most of them can't be split into two columns. So those you do have to read as one page, should just say that. But this was the first book that I read on the Kindle Scribe and loved it. Absolutely just wanted to sit and read this book and find out what happened. I think it deals with some complex issues, particularly the sort of online social media and all that goes on. As I say, the final chapter just threw me a little bit because I had questions about that. And I thought, I don't, I didn't need the final chapter, but I really enjoyed the book. Yes, bravo. So yeah, where does this leave us? Well, there's three book recommendations. Murder at the Book Festival by Jane Bettany, The Last Word by Ellie Griffiths and Murder at, um, After the Night Before by Katie Brent. In terms of e-readers and what to get or not, it's down to you. I think, you know, tr try them if you can. They suit some people, they don't. I'll be very interested to see what this year brings in terms of how I read. And yeah, I do need to talk to you about audiobooks as well because I've got more things to say. But that's another episode. I'm going to leave you for now. I've talked enough. I'll be back again next week with more waffle. Just look after yourselves and I'll talk to you very soon. Take care now. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one ever. See you again soon. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.